it's been said that every Czech is deep down a musician, and there's certainly a long tradition of composers and musicians and musical performers in this country. But a lot of Czechs are artists in other mediums as well, including what we might just call art, painting, sculpture, installations, and so on. This city is filled with numerous galleries, one of which is owned by my friend Cami Hunt, who, along with her partner Catherine Kastner, runs the Hunt Kastner Gallery in Zhishkov in Prague 3. Uh, thanks for talking to me today, Cami. Hi, Derek. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, and thank you everybody out there for listening to this episode of Prague Times. A city is much more than just a collection of buildings. It's a location, it's a history, it's a culture, it's ideas and ideals, and a city is also, most importantly, the people in it. This is Prague Times, the podcast that takes a look at the city of Prague in the Czech Republic. With more than a thousand years of history, there's a lot to talk about. We'll talk about the past of Prague, but we'll also talk about the city as it is today, future plans for the city, and much more. It's Prague then, Prague now, and Prague later. And this is Prague Times. So, Cami, you've been here uh, for ages, and and I want to make it clear: you are a French Canadian, not a French Canadian. That's right. <laughs> I am Canadian, but from the English-speaking part of Canada, from Toronto. But I also have French nationality, thanks to my mother, and I have a lot of family in France. So, yeah, so I'm French and Canadian, but uh, not French Canadian. So, uh, obviously, you sp- you speak French uh, fluently. Did that help learning Czech? Uh, yes, it did. I mean, I think knowing any language helps with learning another one. Uh, so you came to Prague quite some time ago. Yes, 30 years ago. <laughs> oh my goodness, really? Yeah, it sounds crazy. September 1990 and uh, was here for the school year and then went back to Canada and then came back in 92. That was an exchange program initially, or? Um, it was, I came with a, a program called Education for Democracy, so teaching mm. English. And then you liked it so much, a couple of years later, you said, I'm going back there. Yeah, not even a couple of years. So you started off being a teacher, and now you're a gallerist. How did that happen? I mean, you know, gallerist is not exactly one of those jobs when you ask kids, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? A gallerist. So how did that come about? Well, actually, I know I've always been interested in art. I mean, I didn't study it. Um, it wasn't my major at university, but I did take some classes in art history and I was always interested. And actually before coming to Prague, so after university, so in the late 80s, um, I worked for an art consultant in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had already dabbled a little bit in it. Although when I first came to Prague, I didn't work in the arts. I, as, as I said, I was teaching English. And then... Um, 
was doing some other work and I only started working again in the arts in, I guess it was 95, 96, 97. I can't remember exactly. I started, yeah, being like a, a gallerist without a gallery. So like a dealer, more like, um, so <laughs> meeting artists. I was always, as I say, I was always interested in art. So I was looking around and it was kind of hard to find because there weren't many galleries at the time. Mm-hmm. So I contacted artists directly and then started introducing them or to potential collectors and or taking collectors to to their studios and started selling a little bit like this and uh that made me think that you know this isn't the best way of doing that kind of thing presenting the art it would be uh important to have a, a space where i could present the art properly right it's uh, it's obviously a very different thing to see a picture of a painting or a work of art and to actually stand in front of it and then decide yeah maybe i do want to buy that it's very difficult to uh, commit to an artwork you know, just from an image so you really need to experience it live your main focus is on uh, up and coming often young Czech artists, which obviously makes sense because here we are in the Czech Republic. Yes, it's good when you start a gallery to also start with young artists. I mean, you're sort of growing together, you know? So it's it would be a bit difficult to start with established artists because they already have their network and ways of doing things and you're not growing at the same time, so it's a bit trickier. Sure, that makes sense. And of course, since they're local, it makes it easier. Yeah, having said that, recently in the last couple of maybe three years or something, we've started working with older generation artists so Mm. artists that were very influential here in the region but be going to the situation at the time couldn't show much abroad so are not as well known abroad as they should be um so we have started representing and showing some of this older generation artists so i think when most people think art they think first paintings and then they think probably sculptures and then maybe they do uh, other things but a lot of the work in your gallery and that you represent is more modern type stuff right I mean we show all media so painting uh, photography um, but also yeah, installation work and artists that has an installation but it's made up of photographs or paintings or sculptures or balloons yeah or balloons yeah <laughs> yeah obviously when people think art they think first of all they think painting two-dimensional objects uh, or sculptures three-dimensional objects but not you know not site-specific work which is our conceptual art um, and uh, you know even video so I mean we don't we're not limited to one uh, medium so for the sort of uh, we'll call it more modern or non-traditional um, art forms who are the main buyers for these things is it just museums or are there actually individuals who are like yes I want a room filled with you know styrofoam clouds that have projections on them <laughs> <laughs> of course like larger installation works it's difficult for uh, individual private collectors to accommodate those so yeah it is a lot uh, you know public collections museums but that's you know some of these collectors do have enormous spaces in which to to exhibit the work or, or sometimes they buy the work with the intention of donating it to a museum or i mean of course collectors also decorate their homes but uh, you know, collectors, we, we say with a big C, they're not, when they're buying, they're not necessarily thinking of what goes in this room. You know, they buy the work and they want to support it. So um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll actually show it in their private homes, but they uh, buy it to support the artists. And, and so the artists can continue doing their work and perhaps they'll um, donate it to an institution so they can be seen publicly. 
and it's very important for I mean, those are a priority for us or, you know, we, we would like the work to be shown. I, I probably it's still foreign. We still have more foreign collectors, meaning I, I don't mean they live foreigners that live in Prague necessarily, but um, because we do exhibit abroad and I don't just mean at art fairs, but of course we also cooperate with to show our artists in galleries abroad and institutions abroad. So we do have collectors from abroad, but the Czech uh, collector base is is constantly growing. So I wouldn't say it's half and half yet, but it's definitely growing. And they maybe maybe the Czech collectors are a bit more conservative. So we have more people collecting paintings here and, and more traditional media. Um, but that's changing as well. So well, that's good for the. I think it's good for the Czech artists that they're getting their stuff uh, exhibited abroad and, and purchased abroad because it just gives them a wider audience for what they're trying to say. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. So so that's yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's our work, you know, so the artists are busy working in their studio and we do that. That's the job just description is to promote their art. Um, I mean, locally, but, but very importantly also uh, further afield. So. so it's almost like you're not just, Hey, I have a space and I stick up art and take a, a cut of the proceeds. You're almost like an agent for these uh, artists. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think a lot of people think, Oh, gallery. So it's a, I mean, from the outside, they think, okay, there's a space and they put up exactly as you say, they put up, you know, an exhibition and then we we wait for people to walk through the doors and buy stuff no but i mean no so it's there is that aspect to it that we have an actual physical space here and that we we have exhibitions and we have you know the doors are open to visitors but also we're constantly working to show our our work to foreign curators who then you know may include them in in shows abroad and um cooperating with other galleries and, and uh, abroad and this is yeah so this is you know and that's so a lot of the work is sending off information um about the artists to curators and institutions abroad and, and collectors abroad and they have these digital platforms which which are actually uh, surprisingly not as bad as i thought they would be and, and we have contacts through these digital art fairs but i would say generally i mean people continue to buy and it makes sense that they continue to buy artists that they already know but it would be difficult it is difficult to obviously introduce new artists in these days because um you know people aren't going to commit to to buying uh work by artists they actually haven't seen uh, physically so you know not just virtually so so in terms of like taking on new artists and presenting their work that's that would be a challenge if this um, situation uh, is ongoing with the pandemic so I know there's this uh, tradition very often for the opening of an exhibition to have this kind of throw open the doors. Hey, people come, there's wine, meet the artist uh, called a vernissage in Czech, which, I, which I'm guessing is a French word that the Czechs just stole. Yeah, yeah, it's a French word. So it's like the layer of varnish you put on the painting at the end, you know, so it's just, it's still wet. So it's the... Oh, is that what it means? So it means varnish. This is the varnishing. So you're varnishing the potential uh, customers with uh, wine. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they, yeah, that's normally, yes, we have an opening and uh, wine is served. And fun is had. Now, apart from those days, because I know a lot of people who have this idea that if you're not a serious buyer or collector, that you're not welcome 
in an art gallery apart from say the opening the vernissage and i've known this from my personal experience in san francisco where i like going into galleries and, and museums and things and looking at art but a lot of those places they really do make you feel uncomfortable they kind of look at your shoes and look at your clothes and look at your hair and then they're like mm-hmm what are you doing here, rabble, you know? That is the stereotype. I'm sure that does happen. I mean, I think also because of that, it was very important to me to have a gallery on the ground floor that mm. was, you know, had windows uh, facing the street, you know, so that people could see what was going on when they just walked by. And, and, and uh, obviously we don't charge anything for people to come in and, and look. So I wanted to be very inviting in that way, not uh, that they have to buzz. And then there are a lot of galleries that, contemporary art galleries that are in the back of buildings and are not as accessible but that's because real estate prices are so high that those kind of um, spaces that don't have a view directly to the street are cheaper so that's actually why many galleries are kind of hidden in a sense and because they don't depend you know we don't also we don't depend on walk-in traffic for sales I want it to be very welcoming to everyone but the reality is that we don't depend on walk-in traffic so we don't have to have a shop front really um, because people are interested in buying art I mean they you know will find us and we will find each other it doesn't have to be uh, by chance that they happen upon us so it's more a question of yeah being part of the, the neighborhood and it's nice that everybody can see uh, through the windows and look at the exhibition and, and, and obviously and come in hopefully that is more inviting to them that the door is right there on the street uh, obviously social media is uh, a big deal these days and uh, I mean what's your uh, uh, policy on people coming in taking a picture tossing it up on Instagram oh yeah we love that yeah sure of course we encourage that I mean we'd be happy to have people take pictures in the gallery and post about it yeah, so we do have obviously a social media presence and, and we're happy for people to take pictures and you know slap that onto social media for sure So we have the gallery space where we have exhibitions and that usually in normal times I've got the exhibitions up for about six weeks. Then we have like a week of deinstallation, installation or two weeks and then um, the next show goes up. But then we also have storage and then we also have a showroom. So the showroom has panels and we obviously change that quite a bit as well, but um, it's directly accessible and, and we can show people even even if they haven't you know told us that they're coming in advance, we can, we can show them a lot of work that way, so. I know that one of the things you do, or at least you used to do, is you would also sort of curate art for companies like corporate hubs, corporate campuses and things like this where you would go in and sort of lend them or lease them art right i mean this is something i did before opening the gallery so it's a separate um activity it doesn't involve the ga the artists that we show at the gallery i mean of course with the companies uh, I, I would only put art that i thought was good but it, it is limited to paintings because obviously if you're only renting the art um we're not going to have it framed properly and everything so the paintings can just be put directly 
metaphorically on the walls. With, they don't need to be framed in contemporary paintings. So. Right. It doesn't take uh, 12 hours to set up a painting either, like it might for some, you know, room-sized installation. Right, right, of course. And, and the companies, you know, they're interested in having flat works on, on the walls in the conference rooms and stuff. So it was, it was limited to painting. Um, and, and usually it's abstract work because, you know, obviously the companies are, are quite conservative and, it's, and, you know, sometimes it could be very, it is often very interesting abstract work. So probably not a series of graphic nudes. Right, exactly. <laughs> You get my meaning. So that was a separate thing I did. And, you know, but we did get some lectures from that activity, actually. Mm. Um, people, individuals who worked at the companies were interested in art and, and wanted to explore further. So it did garner some some clients for the, for the gallery. But as I right. said, a little bit of a separate activity. And we don't do, we don't rent art from the, the gallery artists. So where do you get that art? What, what art is it? Um, it's Czech artists, but as... Stated early, I've been here forever, so I do know a lot of the artists here. So, you know, and it's not just limited to the, the artists that we rep at the gallery or show at the gallery. That's just a direct contact with the artists. I mean, some of them might be with other galleries, and, and, and so I make arrangements in that respect. You know, with the gallery, so basically we have a, a group, a stable of artists that we represent, meaning that we show them, but at the gallery, we have a regular exhibitions maybe once every few years of their work, but there are programming like our exhibition program isn't limited to those um, artists that we represent uh, so we have one-off shows of, of some maybe foreign artists or even some local artists that you know we think are doing interesting work and we want to think about maybe representing eventually or but you know there are a lot many more artists I mean this comes to the how do we choose our artists I mean there's many more artists we'd like to work with but we have to lim we don't obviously have unlimited resources so we have to make a decision as to who we would represent and and then you know we basically as any good gallery um, we stick with them and grow together as I said earlier so now our young artists are not so young <laughs> I mean we do we have added on a few artists so I guess our youngest artist is in her I guess she's 30 now and our oldest artist is like mid 50s of the contemporary artists and as I said we've also started working with older gentlemen artists that, that are no longer alive have you ever had to give an artist the boot we stopped working with one artist you know we came to that decision together because yes you have to I mean they're they are exclusive to us in the sense that um, they cannot sell through um, their studio obviously directly or through another mm. It doesn't mean that we're their only gallerist, but we are their only gallerist here in the Czech mm -hmm. Republic. Ideally, you want your artists to have representation by a few galleries like across the world. So, you know, maybe two in Europe, I mean, one in the US maybe, and one in Asia would be ideal. They can't have another Czech gallery representing mm -hmm. them. So you mentioned uh, art fairs, big international art fairs and sort of showcase uh, certain artists' work. There's Art Basel in Basel and then there's Art Basel in Miami Beach so that, and there's Art Basel Hong Kong. So it's the same uh, parent company, whatever. Um, but there are a lot of art, art fairs, as I always say. It's kind of like film festivals. Um, there's Freeze in London and New York. There's FIAC in Paris. There's Arco in, in Spain. And uh, in normal times, we do three, four. I think the most we've done in a year is five fairs. But I'd 
say I'll probably on average three. And we usually do more the European fairs. So yeah, so in Basel and then in London, Paris, um, it depends on the year. And, you know, we have done some fairs in New York and Miami, and we did once in Hong Kong, but they're quite an undertaking. I mean, obviously in private collectors, but we, you know, museum committees also come, you know, and curators. So it's, it's a lot of, obviously we want to sell, but uh, it's also presenting the work to other artists, to curators, um, to museums. I mean, but they are very expensive. So even, even if we just break even, it's a success, you know, because uh, they have consequences down the road too. So obviously, you know, sometimes we've shown a big installation at an art fair and it was bought by people who had seen it at the fair, but years later. So it's the long game. <laughs> You're not flipping burgers here. This is a, a whole different kind of a, a business model. Uh, do you find sometimes you're you're sort of uh, teaching people about like you know the old thing of like well uh, uh, they call that artist just a big metal ball and yet the artist started with literally nothing so for them to take all that time and effort and money to create that big metal ball there must be something behind it do you find sometimes that you have to sort of sort of educate people in what modern art is? I think a lot of people think art has to be aesthetic or, you know, pleasing to the eye and very skilled in the making. And of course, there's merits to that, you know, and, and I always say, you know, the, the work can be great just because it's absolutely beautiful. You know, there doesn't have to be more, but it can also be really great and it's not particularly skilled, you know, in the making. I mean, it's not hard to put together. The fact that it's presented, what it's trying to say is very interesting. So so it has value in, in that sense. I don't get it sometimes, you know, certain works, <laughs> you know, it's it stumps me too, but I think that's good. I mean, I don't I don't expect to understand everything or to like everything. Even, you know, with our artists, I obviously think they're all great, but some work is to me is stronger than others and that's just normal. So we kind of think of it, having a gallery is a, a way of giving artists also a way of, you know, working out their ideas. So sometimes it's more successful than others, or, you know, obviously it's subjective. So it doesn't mean because I don't respond so much to one thing that, you know, somebody else might find it extraordinary. So, so I kind of think of the work also of what we do is, you're promoting the artist, but also, you know, to get to the good stuff, you have to trial and error too. And you have to, you know, they have to have the room, the time, the resources to, to do that, you know, so it's everything that comes out of their head and their hands is, is, you know, stupendous, but you, you have to give them that's, you know, when you were saying about collectors that why would they, or some people might ask, why would they buy a video or something ephemeral? You know, why would they pay for that? They're doing it not to have the object necessarily, but to give the artist who they think is thinking in an interesting way, is doing interesting things, the means to continue doing that. So it's, um, yeah, collecting is not just about having things. It's it's also helping artists to, to continue in their work. It's the privatization of patronage, basically. Because I think that's what a lot of people think. A lot of people think a collector buys a piece of art because they think it will eventually increase in value. And you know. Well, of course, there's that aspect to it, too. There's like the investment of collecting, of course. I mean, ideally, it's an investment and they also really appreciate the work, you know, love the work. Often I say you shouldn't actually buy the work that you immediately love because usually it's something that you are already kind of know or understand like you know mm. 
It's, I'm sure, you know, like when you listen to music, you kind of get a smile on your face when you hear something that's kind of familiar, but that's often the stuff that you don't, you kind of get bored with. And so, um, you know, you want to live with artwork that kind of opening up something new in you or, you know, you're seeing something else and it doesn't just respond to something that you already have in your head. You know, when we, for example, meet somebody, uh, you know, they come to the gallery or we see them at an art fair or whatever, you know, they might see some of the work we're showing and, and say, oh, that's interesting, but they don't necessarily buy right away. You know, there's, they start to look more at the artists we show them other work we take them to the studio we you know have conversations with them you know and then they choose something not necessarily the 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 work that they first responded to you know so what are some of your favorite pieces that you've ever um had or that uh, or maybe the most popular ones you've ever had um i could think of one work that i really loved and it was by an artist called eva kotyatkova and it was called conversation through the wall and basically and it's going to sound very strange but um she realized that she shared a wall with her neighbor and she never she didn't know the neighbor at all so one day she decided that they would get to know each other but without actually communicating directly and so she left her a note and said i'd like you if you're willing to describe what's on the other side of the wall and i'll tell you what's on my side of the wall the neighbor didn't respond immediately but then she did eventually and they would just leave each other notes on the windowsill so again they didn't come into i mean obviously they had seen each other or something but they didn't have a direct conversation but they had this conversation through the wall and so it was the artwork was actually the text of their conversation through the wall um and it was just very touching and you know it's kind of this the neighbors are living you know next to people but not knowing them and that's one of those that that when you first look at it it's just a bunch of text on the wall it's not necessarily aesthetically pleasing but then once you understand the context and you look closer you go oh this is actually a super interesting thing yeah and in, in, in a sense like yeah and just how you can almost maybe almost reveal more you know when you're not face to face with somebody it's just, you know you might be more open in a sense or it just revealed a, a whole bunch of different things about communication and how we can do it in different ways or and she i mean she does that a lot in her artwork i mean her artwork isn't always it's uh, actually she does a lot of large installation work and she does collages and sculptural works and but this and videos and but a lot of her works deals with problem of communication uh, you know one of the aspect is problems communicating and and so this is a really uh, nice uh, piece and I mentioned here just because it is so not what people think of when they think visual arts and stuff so this text-based art you know and so it's it's yeah it's text but obviously it conjures images I think a lot of people would say and then were there pictures of what was really on the other side of the wall no <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people ask us, what is Czech art like? And, and my answer is always, there's nothing specific to young Czech artists work that would make it specifically Czech. And, you know, it's not, they're not working in a vacuum. It's, I mean, I would say there was a little bit of um, something about the artists from this region. They would comment a lot about civil society and, you know, early on. Um, and I think that that example of that artwork I was saying by Eva Kochatkova, this conversation through the wall, is kind of maybe um, is in that mold of, you know, connections between people because of the history, obviously, that there was this sort of suspicion between people and, and this mm. lack of civil society. So there were artists that were commenting on that about, you know, social relations. And, and, and so there was a lot of that in 
contemporary art. There was a group of artists here um, called Ladvi, and they would do, like, basically improve areas of the city, Ladvi, where they're, they, they're from, so in Prague 8. Like, you know, there'd be a bike rack that was just sort of, you know, rusting or whatever, and they would just go and, and fix it up, or like a, you know, a garden, they would just go and fix it up. So these were their little art project, which was actually improving the common space, which obviously under communism, people were just taking care of their own little space and not, they were not interested in the communal space, which was, you know, people were kind of sick of the whole, the community as opposed to the individual. So there was kind of a reaction against, you know, taking care of the communal space and the artists that were coming up in the you know, the 90s, and um, we're trying to, you know, revalue value that again. So, um, and mm. so, the, I mean, it, it's a small sort of theme that I could say that maybe is was particular to this region because of their history. But, but on the whole, um, I wouldn't say there's like a Czech, you know, approach to contemporary art. Um, so we do have obviously Czech artists showing, but we do have, uh, you know, international uh, names as well. But the artists that we represent exclusively are, for the most part, except for one notable exception, an Egyptian artist, are Czech. Because when we started the gallery, we didn't have the idea that we would only represent local artists. We just thought we would have a gallery and it happens to be in Prague. Like a gallery happens to be in New York or Paris or whatever, and they have a whole roster of names of artists that don't even necessarily have to live in that city. But it soon became apparent to us that there weren't many galleries that you know represent artists here. I mean, there are a lot of galleries in Prague, but they're mostly like tourist galleries. But the galleries like ours that you know long-term cooperate with artists, they're not that many. So the Czech artists were not being properly promoted, represented. And so we had a huge number of artists that we wanted to work with that were local and just made sense to just focus on the local scene and 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 also because there's there's so little exposure of the czech artists you know curators and they were interested in the gallery but they were they were interested in seeing our czech artists so when we were trying to show them artists from other countries um you know they weren't that interested in coming to our gallery for artists from other countries they were very interested that we were doing this kind of work here and for the local scene so it just made sense to focus on representing local artists Art is in the eye of the beholder, but in order to behold it, you have to get it in front of people. And that is what Cami Hunt at Hunt Kastner Gallery here in Prague is doing. They represent artists, mainly uh, up-and-coming Czech artists, but uh, a whole spectrum of people and not just from this country. And they promote the work and the artists and try and promote the ideas and get it out there and basically just help the art scene uh, chug along as it is. I'd like to thank Ms. Hunt for talking to me today. Thanks, Cammy. Thanks, Derek. Pleasure. Please don't forget to check the episode note for links to some of the things we talked about here today. Once again, I'd like to thank uh, Cammy for talking to me today, and I'd like to thank all of you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Prague Times. If you liked this episode, be sure to like it or share it and tell your friends. Check us out on all of our social media platforms for extra goodies as well. Until next time, this has been Prague Times.